The Philistines fought against Israel in a battle at Mount Gilboa. Israel's soldiers ran from the Philistines, and many of them were killed. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons and killed three of them, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. The fighting was fierce around Saul, and he was gravely wounded by enemy arrows. Saul told the soldier who carried his weapons, Kill me with your sword. I don't want those godless Philistines to torture and make fun of me. But the soldier was afraid to kill him. Then Saul stuck himself in the stomach with his own sword and fell on the blade. When the soldier realized that Saul was dead, he killed himself in the same way. Saul, three of his sons, and all his male relatives were dead. The Israelites who lived in Jezreel Valley learned that their army had run away, and that Saul and his sons were dead. They ran away too, and the Philistines moved into the towns the Israelites left behind. The next day the Philistines came back to the battlefield to carry away the weapons of the dead Israelite soldiers. When they found the bodies of Saul and his sons on Mount Gilboa, they took Saul's weapons, pulled off his armor, and cut off his head. Then they sent messengers everywhere in Philistia to spread the news among their people and to thank the idols of their gods. They put Saul's armor in the temple of their gods and hung his head in the temple of their god Dagon. When the people who lived in Jabesh and Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, some brave men went to get his body and the bodies of his three sons. The men brought the bodies back to Jabesh, where they buried them under an oak tree. Then for seven days, they went without eating to show their sorrow. Saul died because he was unfaithful and disobeyed the Lord. He even asked advice from a woman who talked to spirits of the dead, instead of asking the Lord. So, the Lord had Saul killed and gave his kingdom to David, the son of Jesse. Contemporary English Version The books of Samuel and Chronicles contain similar content and material concerning the kings of Israel and Judah. Yet, whereas 1 and 2 Samuel gives a more straightforward narrative, 1 and 2 Chronicles often provides the narrative with explanatory comments. We have such a story in today's Old Testament lesson. The last chapter of 1 Samuel gives an account of King Saul's death, along with his sons. However, in 1 Chronicles 10, we get the narration of their deaths along with a clear concise note on why King Saul perished in battle. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord and hadn't followed the Lord's word. He even consulted a medium for guidance. He didn't consult the Lord, so the Lord killed him and gave the kingdom to David, Jesse's son. 1 Chronicles 10:14 Seb. The original compiler of Chronicles did so for the Jewish exiles who were returning to Palestine. He did not want to simply recount the important stories of the kings of Israel, he wanted the exiles to know exactly why they went into exile to begin with, and how in the future they could keep it from happening again. So, Saul served as Exhibit A of the kind of person that erodes the true worship of God and lives against the grain of faithfulness to the Lord. The true measure of a godly person is not in titles, positions, or membership. The real test of a faithful person is obedience to, and observance of, the revealed will of God contained in Holy Scripture. Thus, to read it, know it, and live it is one of the highest callings as God's people. Faith in the Bible is a complete trust in who God is and what God has done. The Lord shows faithfulness through steadfast love, gifting people with faith to obey, and remaining true to divine promises for humanity. In the New Testament, the height of faith is to place one's life completely in God's hands, believing in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Faith involves both information and action. For example, the Mackinac Bridge, connecting the upper and lower regions of Michigan, is an imposing structure. It's the longest suspension bridge in the Western Hemisphere at 26,372 feet. 
At its midpoint, the bridge's roadway towers 200 feet above the Mackinac Strait. The wind on the bridge can be punishing. In 1989, a woman died when her small car flew over the three-foot-high railing and plunged into the water due to an excessively high gust of wind. I have crossed the bridge many times. Sometimes the bridge is open to road traffic and sometimes not, due to the wind conditions. The bridge authorities even have a protocol about how to cross the bridge when it is windy but not excessively so, driving beside a truck. This is all important and necessary information for crossing the Mackinac Bridge. Yet, knowledge alone is not enough. At some point, one needs to actually drive across the bridge. Information must lead to action. I couldn't just cross the strait between the two regions of Michigan any point along the land with a blind faith that believes I'll make it to the other side. I needed some knowledge. Then, I needed the courage to act on that knowledge. The person who is scared crossing the bridge, and the person who thinks nothing of it, both make it to the other side. It isn't the amount of faith that is important, it's in what, or who, that faith is placed. Faith in the Bible is having some important and useful information about God, then putting that knowledge into action with a trust and commitment that you'll make it to the other side. Saul tried to cross over on his own terms. It didn't go so well for him. His car was picked up and thrown into the strait. We need to be careful what and whom we consult when we are stressed. Not collaborating with God isn't going to end well. Being faithful matters. Who are you faithful to? Where is your trust placed? Because the answer to those questions determines which actions we will take. Eternal God, you remain the same throughout the ages of time. Help me to be faithful to your standard of righteousness and live faithfully into the ways of Jesus, my Lord. Amen.